in the corner. Two ball. Uh-oh. He's heating up like that leftover lasagna. Two-piece, no biscuit. It's a five-to-three game. She had her slot like ice roll truckers. My, 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 my. She's fast. Oh, yeah. She finishes with the scoop. What flavor you want? Woo! Shit! FIBA 3X3. Noah Lazarus. Q, yo! We back! Ha ha! Ha ha! Ow! Don't save me! Don't save me! Let's go! What up? What up? Q York! Shout out to our guys, Noah Lazarus, Noah Lazarus DJ Flavor Maddox. They bring us in the right way every single time. Hey, sorry for the wait, y'all, but it's over with. It's the voice on 3X3 Podcast. We are back. This is your home for all things 3X3 at home and abroad. Kyle Montgomery, a.k.a. the voice of 3X3, here with my guy. He's a 3X3 student of the game, but you can call him Professor as well. That's Dave B. Dave B. Right. I don't have handles like that, but I can shoot better than he does. <laughs> that that I will not argue with. Even though I hadn't seen the jumper yet, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to go with you on that, Dave Beasy. It's good to see you, man. It's been a couple oh. weeks. I've been. I've been in and out. You know, United States bouncing over to Europe. It's good to see you again, man. Yeah, no, it's good to see you too, Brian. Look, I know you're filling up the passport book early and often. Yes, so, uh, I know it was good. It was great to see you and and uh, doing your thing on the mothership here in the states while you were in New Orleans and taking my restaurant uh, recommendations. Chargos, Chargos, <laughs> bro! I told you, charbroiled char oysters. Char I didn't get a chance to try the. I didn't get a chance to try the the dogs, the hot dogs. That's all. Right. Yeah, I was too right. busy eating oysters, Dave Easy. I, I get I, it. I ate oysters. Literally every day that I was in New Orleans. So if, if folks around the world, if you get a chance to go to New Orleans, and you should at least once in your life, yes, just like all of us should come to Europe and, and see different places once in our life, Dragos is uh, charbroiled oysters that are like mm. butter. Mm. Yep. There you go. Close your eyes. Mm. Give me the uh. Because, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it, is, I, uh, I got to give New Orleans props because... And we'll get to the tournament in a, in a second, but you will never confuse New Orleans with any other city in the world. Oh. It is it is one of one. It is unique. The culture there, the food there, the people there. You're not going to experience a city like New Orleans anywhere else in the world. If you have a chance to go, go. I was fortunate enough to go. This was uh, my third time going. This is the first time I really got a chance to really experience the city uh, in depth. You know, a lot of times when I was traveling with the Clippers and doing my NBA work, we were in and out. So I was in there for two days and we were and we were gone. But I got to spend yeah. some extended time there and, uh, you know, even got a chance to do some historical stuff. I toured a couple of plantations. You know, I went on a food tour. I, I got on an airboat and went through the swamp. You know, uh, it was a good time and it was really a good time. You know, obviously getting back on the mic 
call into action with with my guy Robbie Hummel, 3x3U National Championship, fourth edition. Uh, I know how I felt about the action. There's a lot of comparisons between this year and previous years, but you as a spectator, I, this was, I think it's your first time watching a full tournament. Am I right, Dave B? Full tournament, yeah. What did you what you think, man? What you think about this year's edition? I, I look, I, I think folks were having a lot of fun. That, that's a big thing. I, and I need one of those money shooting guns. I need a gun. <laughs> the, gun the money guns. I, yeah, I need some oh, and with legit like grip inside the real money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. money. I don't need enough. But no, it was it was a lot of fun. And, and I think what it does, um, shooting was great. I'm, I'm the, the the rosters when they put the rosters together, literally forty eight hours, two days before the tournament begins. I mean, people are flying in and out and making plans. I mean, logistically, it's it's crazy as you and, and Robbie will know because you're you and White out all the time on rosters and trying to figure out who's who. And who's who's oh played goodness. where? And we were doing yeah. we were doing all of our research, and I was shooting you the guys that I knew, some of the stuff that right. that I knew about them. But it is um it's a lot of fun, and what it does is it shows you how hard three x three is. Yes, and it shows you the best basketball players at the highest levels of college. I mean, because there were guys there from the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big East. So it's not like they were like scrubs. I mean, these were guys that played at the highest level of college basketball and it took them time to adjust. And so you know, I, I, I think it once again gives credence to it's not as easy as it looks. And those, yeah. those cats figured it out inside the sugar mill. Especially with, with limited playing, playing time. You know, listen, every year with the 3X3U National Championship, the talent is going to be there. You mentioned the Power Five conferences, some of the, the top most competitive collegiate conferences in the country talent was there we have four um conference players of the year we had 21 all conference first teamers um but but these were guys that some of them had never heard of the game before to be honest you know i'm walking up and guys were asking me like okay what do you do Did, like you take it out as soon as it goes to the net so i mean they had a day to practice guys that they had never played with um the void in, in understanding the game, I, I thought was was evident. But by day three, final day of the tournament, I thought we started to see guys really get it. They started to pick up on some of the the small things about three x three. They started to adjust to the way the game uh, is officiated, uh, which is different. You, you obviously saw them uh, letting them play a little bit. It was it was physical out there. Yep. So it got better and better and better. We ended up seeing the uh, the Beast Coast Ballers end up uh, going on and winning it. That's a combination of the Big East and the Atlantic 10. Deshaun Swartz out of George Mason. R.J. Cole out of UConn. His teammate Tyrese Martin out of UConn. Ryan Hawkins out of Creighton was an absolute gunner throughout the tournament. Told they you. ended up winning. The, they, you did tell me. You did tell me. But I, look, man. Lights out. And, and I second what you say about the shooting. I, this is the fourth edition. It was supposed to be the fifth, but, the, you know, the COVID year. But the fourth edition, I thought we saw the best shooting out of any year that we've had. It's hard to top 2019 in terms of overall play. I thought that was that was the the banner year for 3x3u. Uh, we had I think four four or five guys go straight to NBA teams after that tournament. Um, that was the year. But but this year the shooting was great. The understanding of the game progressed as we got to today number three but but overall it was, it was a hell of a lot of fun 
That yeah. venue at the Sugar Mill was wide open. Uh, it was it was festive. The energy was palpable. Um, you know, me and Robbie were having a lot of fun. I pulled a few more. I pulled a few more bars out of my bag. So <laughs> I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to get into my rhythm too as we approach the uh, the World Tour season and, and the World Cup coming up, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, I think I think overall it it was it was fun to watch. You can definitely see. Um, the potential of, of what the game could be. I thought when we saw it at its peak, the back and forth, the two-piece answered by two-piece, by another two-piece, and then another two-piece. That is that is what the game could be on a regular basis. Of course, if we can get more of these players to stick with 3x3 going forward. Easier said than done. We've had that discussion before. Right, but I, but I, what I will tell you is exposure is the key. And, and, and so, you know, having them, you know, not everybody's going to play in the NBA. Not everybody wants to play in the G League. Some folks will decide they're going to go play in Europe. But that, again, may not be for everybody. And so you've got to, the exposure is a big part of it. And whether that is, I'm going to go play now or I'm going to go play in Europe for two or three years and then come back because I really like the experience. And yeah. I've seen more of it in Europe and been exposed more than we are here in the States, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a big thing. And then, you know, the, the, the players that did adjust were the ones that, that brought the brought the cash home. And I, it was just a lot of fun. The pomp and circumstance around it, the hype around it, it was a lot of fun. I've been to a few parties inside the Sugar Mill. It had nothing to do with basketball, but you guys were part of a party inside the Sugar yeah. Mill. And it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing that was encouraging to me is, you know, I get the chance to chat with some of the guys after the tournament's over and kind of get their impressions of, you know, what it was like, what, what they think about the game. You know, they obviously mentioned the physicality, but but they said it was a most of the guys that I talked to, they said it was a hell of a lot of fun. They love playing the game again, whether or not they they continue to play the game is, you know, a TBD is to be determined. But uh, uh, next year is going to be in Houston. Uh, you know, so we're going to keep it down south, so to speak. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. That'll be the fifth edition. And uh, we got all we got is another year to wait for that one. Uh, so we'll it's, see. You know, we're, we're kind of in a waiting pattern now, aren't we? 3X3U yeah. is out of the way. We talked about next year there. The World Cup in Belgium is a, a few months away. World Tour starts next mm-hmm. month. We're kind of yeah. in this holding pattern, but the one thing that we did see uh, are the groups for the World Cup, and there are some competitive groups. Group A, Kyle on the guy side. If there's a group of death, it's got to be Group A. Yeah, I would say Group. You got Serbia in that group. You know, we can speak about their dominance, their perennial power. I think they're looking for their fifth title. Uh, you got Puerto Rico, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. They're going to be a team to deal with. France, who is another perennial power in the national competitions. New Zealand, who I just called the action uh, in Doha by way of Romania. Uh, so the tall blacks are coming with some stuff. It's going to be crazy. And 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 again, I want to mention Brazil again. Brazil nearly made a run to gold uh, at the America. We just saw that in Miami you know, at the, at the tail end of, of 2021. So, you know, that group is going to be crazy. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to come out of that group. Uh, group D, um, I mean, USA, the defending champs, but 
I don't honestly I don't know who the United States is going to field field on that team this year. Yeah. Belgium, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do we have to even mention what we expect from Belgium? They the new kids on the block. Oh yeah, Belgium. They're playing at home in Antwerp. Don't sleep on Austria. They're going to be in that group too. Austria is one of those question marks, but they got Philip Kramer is kind of their center centerpiece there. He's a hell of a player. They played really well at the OQTs um, last year. So, and, and there's going to be a little bit of, I don't want to say animosity, but there's some history between Belgium and the United States. Belgium beat the USA and in, in helping oust the United States from even fielding a men's team for the Olympics. So that's got to be present of mind. So, you know, that that's going to be interesting. That's the, I mean, and then we get, we start to figure out what's going to happen with the Russian teams, whether or not they're going to be fielded on either the men's or the women's side. That could change the whole complexion of how we how we evaluate these groups in the World Cup. No, there's no doubt about that because it does change the men's and the women's side of everything if they are going to compete. The, the question I, I don't know the answer to right now is if they don't, how do they fill those two spots? And so I guess we'll find out in you know coming days, coming weeks, what happens there. I think... Look, I, we all are continually to pray for the people of Ukraine, but like you and I talked about, uh, the basketball players don't have anything to do with that. And right. you know, and I, it's all part of being punished because of, of where you live. And I and I get it, but I think we both hope, in a non-political way, we hope just from a basketball way, we both see them, uh, see both those squads in in Belgium and. And that this conflict in Ukraine is over well before the World Cup even, even uh, you know, gets gets on the, the super, super radar and, and we're in good shape. But you're right. The men and the women's side, it changes absolutely everything. Um, you know, you look on, on the women's side, Spain would be in that group with Russia, with the Netherlands, Canada, and Chile. Whew. That turns that entire group around because you look on the women's side, their group A, Germany, Romania, Lithuania, Japan, and China. Yes. That so, is hella group. <laughs> China, China defending World Cup champs for the women. Yep. China, bronze medalist at the Olympics. You got Olympians Japan in that group as well. That I'm always a big fan of Japan. So I mean they're gonna be crazy. Germany, who won the women's series. In the last edition. So I'm looking at that group intently on, on the women's side. USA women are always going to, I mean, we, we always feel a, a super competitive team. We've been the most successful uh, country in terms of gold medals for uh, the women. France is in that group. They've won it twice. And Brazil, again, who we saw at the America Cup this year, um, they're putting together a, a really good product. Um, and they really invested in the game in Brazil. The Federation is behind them. They've got a hell of a lot of talent there. That's another one to keep an eye on. We, well, I mean, we'll get a chance to really delve deeper into those groups. And once we start figuring out what the rosters are going to look like, but the initial uh, view of, of the groups, um, it, just seeing the teams and, and seeing what countries are going to be competing where, I mean, that, that, that's been the biggest buzz in, in 3x3 in the, in the past week or so. No, there's no doubt. And the cool part about what we've just talked about from 3X3U to the World Cup is there is a certain person that uh, you are well familiar with that has a, a common denominator. 
familiar with both in a big, both. big way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, my guy, Robbie Hummel, who is my broadcast partner for 3X3U and defending World Cup gold medal champs MVP with the United States. Uh, he took some time to join us He uh, to, uh, to answer some questions, not only about 3X3U, but you know, his prospects of maybe returning to the game. Will we see him in Enverp representing the United States? And with no further ado, y'all already know who I'm bringing onto the podcast. Now, this is, a, this is a dear friend of mine, a broadcast partner, um, a 3X3 legend, I think you could say, even now. 2019 World Cup MVP, 2019 USA Men's Basketball Player of the Year, former Minnesota Timberwolf, Purdue Hall of Famer, Robbie Hummel. Insert the applause. <laughs> Robbie. Hey, I'm honored to be on this, this great podcast. So thanks for having me on. <laughs> Robbie had a really puzzled look when you said legend. And he was like, ah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I say this. Maybe because, boiler. I say this because Robbie led the USA Mints to the first ever gold medal in 3X3 at the World Cup. And there's something there's something to be said for that. Well, he had a he had a banner year in uh, in 2019 and, and kind of changing the the conversation when it comes to USA men's basketball. I saw the USA men struggle all the way up until Amsterdam 2019, and Robbie was that guy, man. I'm telling you, Robbie 20 in 2019. I will I will say though, Kyle, our our team was really really good. We really defended. Um, the way Damon played the whole tournament, the way he played against Lafayette in the final, um, Canyon kind of giving us something that we hadn't maybe had, where a guy that could just like get to the basket and and make something happen out of nothing because of how athletic he is, and then Kareem, who's like the ultimate glue guy in this sport, I think. Yeah, I think Kareem kind of flies under the radar for how much credit he should get because of the way that he defends the rim when there's really not a lot of. of defending at the rim. I mean, he really blocks shots around the basket. He, he can guard anybody on the floor. He can post. It was just, our, our team won that for sure. Um, I, I, I guess I was lucky I was hot early. You know, I was making shots early in that tournament. But I thought the group that we had assembled really fit well together. That's facts. Uh, I don't take credit away from any of the, of the rest of the team. I mean, it, it is a team effort indeed. But when you join Princeton when you join USA basketball on the 3x3 front I know you you already won a championship on the Red Bull uh, side but for the FIBA 3x3 side when you join it changed the dynamic you became you know arguably the best player in the game uh, at, at that time so I'm giving you props where, where props are due we're gonna we're gonna give you a whole lot of props in this in this podcast man. so just, just get ready don't start turning red and all that man just get ready we get, I'll try not to. Yeah, dude. But, but you and I, um, we just wrapped up, you know, the fourth edition of the 3X3U National Championship in New Orleans. Uh, it was a pleasure doing with, doing it with you again. Yeah. No, it's one of my favorite events of the year. I love doing the games with you. I think Intersport does just a phenomenal job of, of creating a venue that feels like, you know, and, and let's be real, like the Final Four is the main event in town, right? Like that is, and, and rightfully so. It's an incredible right. event. But I think for all the kids that don't make it to, to that level, whether it's you know some of the kids that thought they may and end up or are looking for something to do at the Final Four, or even some of the kids that play mid-major basketball and are like, hey, it's one last chance for me to play yeah. and now make some money, you know, Intersport makes it feel like a, like a really big event. 
they they, they put so much into the venue um it, it just it's a cool thing to play it and i think the way that they've you know nil has kind of changed it before it was like hey you finally can get paid well now these kids can make some money thankfully right like it, it's been about time um so maybe that's kind of changed a little bit but i think that they they put it on espn every day or it's on twitter i think it's just and i think you being there is, is really good because of the way that you um have been the voice of the sport um it just it feels like it's important you know like and i i think that's really cool for for kids that their college careers have ended and now they're looking forward to the future and that can be a very daunting time as a player yeah. maybe not for the kids that know they're going to be first round picks but i think back to when i came out of purdue you know i'm i'm coming off two acl tears i finally played my last my last season at purdue um i had a really strong finish to my my career but still you're like you know in two months i could be in the nba i could be playing in spain i could be playing in france i could be playing you have no idea mm-hmm. and that whole process too of going through and I worked out for 13 NBA teams and one of the workouts was with every team in Minnesota where um, they all just came and there was 25 or, or 30 guys in there and every team came and you know but that that process is exhausting when you're flying from city to city and you don't know anybody there and you know it's not like there's no pressure either you're like man if I don't play well I'm not getting taken by this team so I think these kids are about to undertake a, a journey that is really, really daunting. I don't know if they know that because <laughs> I don't think I don't think you understand that until you've gone through it. But it, it is a lot, and you know you don't really have much control, which you know is tough. Uh, so I, I think it's a really cool way to send off some of these kids, and, and the way that it's done on ESPN the last day is, is pretty cool. You know, with the the money being brought in and. You know, those kids that, that won from the Big East and the A-10 this year, they, they had a great team. So I, I thought it was a great event, as always. And uh, it's always a pleasure to work with you. Robbie, when, when, you look at, when you look at that, I mean, the, the rosters were literally set like 48 hours <laughs> before the whole tournament got underway. And I didn't realize travel and plans and logistically, it's got to be a nightmare to get kids in there to fill out rosters in the Final Four. But when you look at that, so it means they probably didn't have much three three experience, if any three on right. three experience at all. So what were they asking you? That's what I that's what I want to know because we we talked to Kelsey Plum, we've talked to other people. Is it harder for a five on five player to play three on three three x three, or is it harder for a three x three player to play five on five? What were these guys asking you as they were trying to adapt on the fly? Yeah, you know, so I was not at practice. I was over at Radio Row doing some promotional stuff for 3X3U. Um, so I wasn't there for that. But I know we, we have a great group of guys with, with Damon Huffman, Corey Maddox. Um, usually Craig Moore and Thayer Karen can come, but they, they couldn't come this year. They were playing an event in Dubai. Um, I know Joey King was there, um, Damon's brother Trevor. I think there was a few others, too, that I am uh, blanking on right now. But they they do a really good job of, in, in an hour, hour and a half time, trying to explain the game. And, and to answer your question, I, I think that just because the nuances of three-on-three are so strange, that it takes a period of time to adjust to playing. You know, like, we, how many times, Kyle, did we see a free throw in open two in the corner? Like, it, it is literally, if I was using the Telestrator, yeah. <laughs> like crazy just showing that it's gonna be open i look like the nostradamus of three on three even though it's like the monopolist thing in the world right um 
But yeah, like there's some weird things about it, or even the fact that hey, if I could bum by, relocate on the on the three point line, and let let a teammate swoop in and get a rebound and kick it out, you know, that doesn't happen in five on five. Your coach is going to be like, yo, you can't get torched like that off the bounce. Whereas it's like a two for one in the three on three game. So I think the nuances of it, and I thought a really good example of this was we we went to Denver to play、um, because I. I was cut by the Nuggets. My my last NBA stop. I was with Denver. I got I was the last cut in camp, and I still have a good relationship with Tim Conley, who's the, the president, and Calvin Booth is now the GM. And Calvin was in the front office in Minnesota, and is a great guy.、Um, so they kind of invited us out. This was right before the LA World Tour. Was that 2019?、Yep. Yeah, that would have been yeah. So 2019.、Um, so we it was like August. I want to say. Uh, we go out there and, and play with their guys, and for the first couple games, I, I, when Tim asked me, I was like, "Tim, they're going to destroy us. <laughs> like this is <laughs> the players are too good. Like it's just it, you know, it's going to be. Why do you want this?" And he was just like, "It'll be good for the guys to break up the monotony. They've been here for a while."、Um, so actually, maybe it was actually in September because those guys had been there since August.、Yeah. Um, but he was looking for something different for their guys to do, and. You know this as well as anybody. It's an incredible cardio workout. You know, I think you you probably have to be in better shape to play three on three at this level than. And not to say that NBA guys aren't in great shape because they certainly are. But I would rather play five on five than three on three in terms of I'm like looking to just like have fun. You know, because three on three is it's constant, and you have times where you're just gassed、um, because you're going from offense to defense to offense to defense. For five on five. You know, Kyle makes a jumper and just kind of slinks his way back on defense once the ball comes to him. You know, like there's time to rest. Yeah.、Um, but I, I was shocked that the first couple games we played, we actually beat those guys from the Nuggets,、um, and they were close games. But I, I thought we would get slaughtered, and eventually they figured it out, and you could tell. And there was some of the strategy、um, that came into play, and, and they, they were, you know, they're certainly superior to what we were. Um, but I thought it was crazy to me that initially they they were having a little bit of a hard time. That's a good transition for me because you know you, you play the game at honestly the the highest levels. Played in the NBA for a couple of seasons. You played in one of the most competitive conferences in all college basketball. Purdue Hall of Famer, as I mentioned. So you've seen the the levels of talent of, of just basketball in general at, at every level, three x three included. Europe. And the United States, you know. Be, be honest here. When you when you talk about the talent,、um, how would you characterize three x three players compared to you know the top collegiate athletes, NBA athletes? What's the biggest disparities? You know, how would you make that comparison? Yeah, I, I think that you know three x three is a very niche sport. The guys that are playing it have a really good idea of how to be successful. How physical to be, you know, the nuances of the game.、Um, from a talent perspective, I, I don't think that it's it's comparable to the NBA or Euroleague for that matter. You know, I just don't. I think that those are the highest levels of the game, and、um, you know, the NBA, the athleticism is what jumps off the page of you. I, I was shocked when I first got there at how fast space could close down. You think you're open. You're not like it, it. Just the length and the athleticism is. I, I, I'm probably biased, but I think the NBA has the best athletes in the world in terms of running and jumping and just moving.、Uh, not that those guys in the NFL aren't 
incredible athletes that are you know 350 pounds and can drop step dunk a basketball because I know those guys this too. But in terms of just you know the running up and down and getting getting up and down, um, it just was mind blowing. Like I, I couldn't believe how fast you had to get certain shots off. And then I, I played in Euroleague as well when I was Milan. Um, after my two years with Minnesota and the skill level in, in Euroleague is just off the charts. You know these guys that can dribble, shoot, and pass, and it's it's pretty incredible to see. Now, I think that the, the level of athlete isn't as high there. Now, there aren't some, but the NBA is, is certainly the ultimate. Um, so comparing it to 3x3, I just don't think that it's comparable. Now, the, the conditions make it hard. You know, Try shooting a basketball when <laughs> it is blowing like 25 miles an hour. Right. Uh, or, or it's, you know, it's 100 degrees or it's 40 degrees. You know, like it's not like the conditions are ideal. Um, to maximize skill at all times, I would say. But um, I know I've talked to a bunch of guys, whether it be EuroLeague players who I played with um, or NBA guys, and they look at 3x3 and they're like, man, the physicality, I would have no interest in playing because it is just out of control. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that, <laughs> I think that uh, because of that, it sometimes it's hard for skill to show. You know, it's hard to be skillful when somebody's holding you or, or you know, is so physical the entire time. Um, but yeah, to, to be honest with you, and this is not a diss because I think 3x3 is a great game. I think it's growing, and I think it's going to continue to grow. But the level of players is not even comparable to uh, the NBA or the early level. Do you, do you think the physicality, not to cut you off, Debbie, but I have to follow up here. Do you think that physicality and the fact that the refs tend to let them play a little bit more, <laughs> especially in the paint. Do you think that that scares some American players away from, you know, potentially being interested in playing the game, um, especially if they, they aren't certain what their future might hold, hold in terms of maybe advancing their careers in, in, in other ways? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're young. I mean, you, you can't risk getting hurt out there. And like the physicality is, it is it's shocking when you first play you know my first event was in was in seoul and i will say this for my first let's see i probably started playing three x3 when i was like 28. for my first 28 years of existence on this planet i think i had gotten one technical foul in russia and i got a technical foul in an aau game that was actually a six-way tech it was almost a fight um so I'd gotten like two techs mm -hmm. and I got one in my first event in Seoul and I've probably gotten 20. <laughs> <laughs> like I've gotten like 10 times the amount of techs playing 3x3 in three years than I have in my first 28 years of playing basketball. And it, I think some of it's the frustration of fatigue. I think some of it's the frustration of the physicality. Um, you just, you're not used to it. And especially the crazy thing is, is that when I played in Europe, you put your hands on somebody, pop immediately. You know, like that's the way that they more so call it. It's more of a finesse type game, and three x three is certainly not that. Um, I think it's improved. You know, I think that they're doing a, a good job of now protecting the shoot. When I first started playing, you'd shoot a, a two, and just somebody would be right up underneath you. I mean, it was like Joe. You know, like you're like someone's gonna get seriously hurt shooting. Um, they've done a better job protecting shooters. I think. I think the refs have continued to improve. And not so much the refs, but just what they're telling the refs to call. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's a lot of it. I'm not saying the refs are bad. I think a lot of it is it's directive. 
They want the play to be continuous. But in my mind, if you call more fouls initially, players will adapt and they will, because it's more fun to watch a 3x3 game where it's free-flowing and fast-paced. I don't want to watch two teams just hold each other for 10 minutes and it's 12 to 11, you know? It's fun when it's high-paced, high-scoring, and... You know, I, I just, I think it's more fun to watch that way. The best 3x3 games that I've watched have, have been like that. I, I hate watching games where it's like, you know, just two teams beat the shit out of each other. We saw a little bit of both of that, both of those dynamics at the 3x3 U National Championship. I thought this year we, we saw the best shooting that we've seen in almost every edition that, we, that we've had. We saw some, some back and forth to where this two was answered with a two, right back with a two, and then a two again. Yeah. We also saw some fairly egregious physicality oh too on the other yeah. dynamic. So I, I feel where you're coming from. We, we did see the best of both worlds. Um, <laughs> and again, like those officials are are not used to rocking the game. They're still learning the rules. Um, but I think in order to get the game to a point in this country where we um, are growing it, we've got to have officials who know the rules, you know, like that. That would be a good start. Uh, and it's different. And I think that they're, again, they're trying to keep play going. Uh, you know, Kyle was pretty hard on the refs. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was or, or maybe I was. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, but I will say this, and I feel this way when I do five on five games too. Um, I don't feel like it's unfair to criticize officials if they are wrong. But I also think that you have to give them credit when they are right. Um, so that's kind of how I look at that. And we did have some officials that were making some calls where, you know, guys are getting smacked upside the head on layups and they're not getting called. It's like, come on. Yeah. And we can hear the smack from, from 40 feet away where we're doing the games from. Like, that's got to be a foul. I, um, yeah, I think it's it's a struggle in all of 3X3, but it definitely was a struggle at times in 3X3U. Dave B, let me tell you, I had to escort Robbie from the from the venue to the, ho- to the hotel. <laughs> Don't, don't let them spread these <laughs> wait, lies. Wait, so there. wait, so it was the first time that officials weren't escorted. It was the first time yes, that, that an announcer was escorted away from the officials. No. You, know you know what I've learned though, doing games is that, and this is more so in five on five because I do a lot more five on five than the the weekend of three x three that I get to do with Kyle. The referees, they they hear what the announcers say, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. and they'll even they'll, they'll know by halftime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they'll go into halftime, they'll <laughs> report uh, whether it's you know mom, dad, wife, kids, somebody. You know, it's they they'll come out of halftime and be like, oh, "I heard you said this." <laughs> you know, like that's that's not uncommon. Um, so I'm well. I didn't need Kyle's escort. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure the word had gotten back. But you know what? My my argument would be. We need to do a better job. Yeah. It's for the kids' sake. We need to have have more consistent officiating. Yeah, who needs more Christmas cards around the holidays anyway? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. Hey, we all know about um, 2019 and the the run and, and everything. Then COVID hit. And so the development of 3x3 around the world, except in a couple of places, uh, really kind of ground, <laughs> ground, to, ground to a screeching halt. When you watch USA basketball now, what are the ways that the game can grow here? I mean, Red Bull does a really nice job here. Hoop It Up does a nice job here. There's some <clears throat> grassroots entities that do a really nice job at trying to grow the game. 
But what does the game need in the U.S. to get back to 2019 levels? We need some events. I really believe that we need some events here in North America. Um, the LA World Tour was great. I thought it was well run. It's an amazing city. I think, and Kyle can speak on this because he lives here. Um, you know, the location, while it was a nice venue, it was well built, like there's some places here that would have just knocked it out of the park. You know, you put that in Venice Beach yeah. uh, because of why men can't jump. <laughs> Or you, or yeah, or right around the Staples Center, and uh, what's what's the plaza called? Um, Star Plaza. Yeah, like um, there, there's a, there's a bunch of places we could have probably had it where there's shops, restaurants, but there, there's no foot traffic over by LAX and the LA Times Building. You know, it's, they they had some food trucks, and, but it's that would have probably helped. But I I still think that outside of that, in Mexico City and Montreal. Those are really the three. I guess Saskatoon. I've never been um, to Saskatoon. I know they've had challengers there, but we just don't have that many events. So I think it's hard to grow the game when people can't see it in person. Um, I think we need to continue to, to improve our talent as a country where we can. But it's hard because I look at you know our World Cup team from 19. I could have continued to play professional basketball, but I hated living overseas. And I had offers to do TV with ESPN and Big Ten Network. So I played my last season in Russia. I hated every day. Every day that went by, I was living in Moscow. I was like, I, I hate this. Mm -hmm. um, but I still could have played. I, I averaged, you know, 10 and 4 and shot 48% from 3. I had a good year. Like, I had offers to go play for EuroLeague teams. And I had an offer to go play in Jerusalem. And you know, I had to work out with the, the Milwaukee Bucks. So I, I was still a professional basketball player. But I just, my mental health of going over there, I couldn't do it. I, I was not capable of going back. So I, I passed up on that and I started doing TV, which I have loved doing. And I think it's been a really good thing for me. And three on three has been a really good thing for me too, to kind of still be a pro basketball player while also doing television. Um, but I think when you look at that team, I think Kareem Maddox is, is talented enough to have played at a, a high level professionally, you know, Damon Huffman has an incredible will um, to be what he is. <laughs> you know, he is, he's a very unique story in the sense that he's got like a judo background and is also a good basketball player, but he's just a, a warrior, you know? And then Canyon is the son of a Hall of Fame player and he's a great athlete and he's a G, he's G League, you know, he's that level player. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we need to continue to find, just because that it, it's kind of a rare mix. I didn't want to play overseas, so I retired. Kareem Maddox didn't want to play overseas anymore. He's retired. Canyon Barry doesn't want to play overseas, plays in the G League, you know? So I think that even though we have guys on that team, especially in 2019, that were capable of still playing at that level, um, we need to continue to find guys that maybe want to play three-on-three -three with the Olympic um dream i would say attached to it because that's got to be the main draw right mm -hmm. because you've got guys that are like well why would i play three x three i've got to earn my meal money every tournament i play when i can you know go play in europe or i can play in the g league or i can get a two-way contract or but i think usa basketball has got to continue to find guys that are kind of that in that you know area of maybe i don't want to go overseas but i am intrigued by the olympics and i know usa basketball is doing some things to kind of sweeten the pot. I think we need to continue to up the level of player 
um, as we kind of make this run towards Paris in 2024 and LA in 2028. But in terms of fan support, I think we need events. I think we need events here in North America. There's so many in Europe. There's so many in Asia. We don't have any here. And, you know, it's funny. <laughs> we played the LA when I didn't play. I'd hurt my back. Um, but some of the guys that we play against were like, man, this jet lag is hard. <laughs> it's like, yo, we get this on every event we play in because yeah. we're going to Europe and we're going to Asia. And, you know, it, it's, it's just a different animal. But um, I think we need more events in North America if we're going to grow the game here. Well, Robbie, it's a lot of people wondering. It's a large community of 3x3 fans. That, that when we look ahead to this year's World Cup, you mentioned the 2019 team with, with Kareem and Canyon and, and Huff, and obviously you were MVP of that team. And they're wondering what this year's team is going to be because this will be the first World Cup squad that we see. USA men are defending. Uh, what is it, Robbie? Are, are, are we going to see you back on a 3x3 court, or are you... Are you going to be broadcasting the rest of the way? You know I had to hit you with the hard hitter. No, nah, this is the, the, the tough-hitting the tough question that I kind of expect from Kyle Montgomery, whether it's a 3X3 you or on his own podcast. So. <laughs> I I think you're going to see me play. I don't know if you'll see me playing in a national event. I, I, I think that um, it's probably going to be my last year playing. Um, and we'll kind of see how it goes. I wouldn't say, you know, never, but I I think that I'm kind of to the point where this, this is coming to an end, you know, um, which is great. I, I'm i 33. Um, if I play great, maybe, but, you know, I, I you'll see me out there, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much or kind of how it will go. So we'll see. <laughs> TVD. That's that's a very incomplete answer. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for that, Robbie. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and we and we know you'll at least be in golf shape. I'll be in golf shape. I uh, I'm so hyped for the weather to turn good to play golf. Uh, I can't even tell you, but I I will say it was kind of a weird way. We ended playing last year, and COVID made it really hard. You know, with USAB, we weren't allowed to get together um, because they've got some some corporate bylaws and. and USA Basketball's partnership with the NBA kind of hurt at times because you have to adhere to the NBA's health and safety regulations. So even when we get together, you know, people kind of like look at that Red Bull house and not that it needed to be that and Red Bull went above and beyond with that stuff. Um, but we, we couldn't just stay in a hotel because of the, the way the board operates under COVID. It had to be like, you have your own house, you have your own court, you don't have people, it had to be a bubble type situation. And that's kind of where those ideas grew from. Um, so it was hard. You know, I know other countries, every country took it a little bit differently than others. Um, but we, we didn't get to be together. We didn't get to play together. We didn't get to really do much of anything together. So it was, it was a hard situation. Um, and then also you talk about the OQT, like Canyon getting hurt the day before we left it was really hard. You know, you're trying to fill Joey King into an impossible situation where we haven't played together. We haven't practiced together. We don't know, we, you know, we're not on the same page of running stuff. It was hard. It was really hard. Well, Rob, we, we're getting, we're getting close on time, Robbie. I got to ask you this too. You know, obviously I, I, I messed with you a little bit, but all, all the props that you're getting these days, is deserve is deserving man you know they, they're calling you the next big thing 
I appreciate you saying that. I'm lucky. I will say this. I'm very fortunate that, that they continue to ask me to just call basketball games in general, whether it's doing college games or getting to do some of the Bulls games this year. Um, you know, it, it's pretty cool to sit courtside and get to watch high-level basketball. And I, I've, I always had this weird, I don't want to say fascination, but I took a very extreme interest in who was announcing the game. Like, whether it was the NBA and NBC early with Doug Collins and Marv Albert, um, you know, Matt Gukas, the guys that were doing the games in the 90s when, when I was a huge 90s Jordan Bulls fan. I mean, I grew up in Valparaiso, which is 55 minutes from the city of Chicago. I got to see Jordan play, play live in person three times um, at the United Center. So I consider myself very fortunate. But whether it was that or, you know, Gus Johnson doing my games in college um, or um, who else? You know, there's so many guys to, to even say. Brett Musburger. You know, I Brent did a ton of my games when I was at Purdue with Steve Lavin and Aaron Andrews. Um, I would always appreciate that. Dick Vitale. Uh, Dan Shulman, the, the guys that were doing it at the highest level. And I, my, it was funny, I was talking to my brother uh, earlier this year, and he was like, you know, I should have known that you were going to become an announcer because whenever we played video games and, and I would win, I'd always like do a fake post-game interview with, with him, more so to, to piss him off. <laughs> but that, you know, he, he thought that was funny, and I, I do too. But I, I appreciate saying that. I'm, I'm lucky that they continue to ask me to do the games i i think it's a, a sweet job so i'm very fortunate in that regard that's great man well robbie nothing but continued success to you my brother uh i wish we got to do more games together man outside of just i know the three for you is fun i, I always now i will say by the end of those three days i can hardly talk <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a, a grind. How many games do you think we did? 60? Maybe more. We did 24 first day, 24 the second day. It's 48. Yeah, we did about 60 games. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. But I got to I got to see the, the Blackjack master himself, you, on a show at Harris. <laughs> we got to bring that up. We got to bring that up, Robbie. <laughs> Take me. Don't listen to yeah. anything. I, I am the book on Blackjack. Okay, I've written a new book. He's written his own book. Robbie can tell you that my orthodox methods were working. It wasn't working for the rest of the table, but it was certainly. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle was uh, he was not playing the percentages that maybe statisticians have put out on the table. But whenever he played by the book, he would lose. You know, I'd be like, "Yo, stay." You know, dealer showing dealer's got a five. I know you only got thirteen, but he's got bus cards. <laughs> And it would be like, it'd either go 5, 10, 20, lose. <laughs> it was working out. Rob, Robbie was getting pissed there for a second, but uh, we... I wasn't getting mad. I was just, I was trying to trying to help you. I was honestly more afraid some of the people we were playing with were going to get super pissed. We had one guy get up and leave the table. I'm not afraid to admit it. One guy got pissed and he said, I'm out of here. I'm not playing. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna play blackjack with Kyle, just know there's gonna be some unorthodox methods going down with this man. Imagine playing with me on on a hoop team. That would be different. <laughs> no, but uh, Robbie, man, we appreciate your time, bro. Um, no, of course, happy to come on. Definitely gonna see you down the line in uh, one capacity or the other, uh, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll hit the beach or something when I get back to LA, man. Sounds good. We can do that. Thanks for having me on, guys. No doubt. Cool. Robbie, thanks, man.
Robbie Hummel, ladies and gentlemen, joining the Voice on 3X3 podcast. Man, that was fun. Everything, you know what's really neat is when we say stuff and other people sign off on it. <laughs> co-signs always, yeah, always co-sign. work. Yeah, co-sign, right. Um, more events in the U.S. Yes. You know, all the different things we say about the physicality of the game and how difficult it is, the adjustment from five-on-five players to playing 3x3. I love it that one of the best that has mm-hmm. played this and put his stamp on 3x3 right with us. I like it. Yeah. Makes yeah. us seem I, like know. we know what we're talking about. At least you, I know you do with me. No, you're damn right. No, both of us. No, both of us. But look, if it's one thing that Robbie Hummel is not going to do, he is not going to bite his tongue. He is going to keep it. He's going to keep it real. And that's exactly what, what we, what I love him for. You know, I, uh, you know, knowing Robbie as a player and having an opportunity to call his games, um, seeing his collegiate career, um, and also being a, having an opportunity to, to broadcast games alongside of him now for now four years. You know, I've gotten to know Robbie really well, and you know, I value his perspective on the game, and I value what he says when he when he talks about what it's going to take to grow the game in the states. How he compares the, the level of talent, you know, in three x three to what he's experiencing abroad, playing in the in, in Europe and, and playing in the NBA and playing, you know, for Purdue. Um, you know what he what he says has a lot of credence to it. So, um, you know, again, nothing but love to Robbie. You know, selfishly, I would love to see Robbie keep playing as long as he's healthy, and as long as he still got a love for the game. Obviously, he did kind of break a little news. We, we don't expect to see him on the national team, so don't expect to see him at the World Cup. But I think it'll be good to see him on the Pro Tour. You know, bags are still at stake there, so an opportunity for him to. To make money, but he he's doing great things uh, with with the Big Ten Network. He's doing great things with ESPN. I mean, he he's really really ascending as one of the the, the best voices in, in college basketball because of you know his his hoop acumen obviously and and uh, you know his experience on, on both sides of it. So uh, happy to have Robbie on, man. Hopefully we can get him on again. Yeah, that was very cool. Plus he he needs the bags because he's got to continue to fund that golf game. Yeah, golf you know that golf is an expensive <laughs> hobby. That's why I don't play, Dave Beasy. That's why when I, I go play, that, I gotta pick that up later down the line. You understand? When I go play, I don't own a set of clubs again because I play like twice a year, maybe. Yeah. So nope, not gonna spend play, any money on that. Nope. I played in a couple of celebrity um, tournaments that I've been invited to, and completely embarrassed myself when I can't get it off the tee. That's, <laughs> but, but, that's why I always play of, longest ball, and somebody else hits it off the tee. Listen, I'll go to, I'll go to, um, what's the, what's the, I should know this because I did a story on, on, uh, oh, Top Golf. Yeah. I'll stick to Top Golf. I'll give you a quick, a quick story about Top Golf. Top Golf launched in Houston, Texas. I was working there in 2012. And, you know, it was a lot of buzz about this new golf uh, place that people can go and, and you can drink. And it was cool. And I was so intrigued by it, I decided to go and do a story. And um, I had no idea that it was going to become as huge as it's become in the last 10 years or so. Top Golf is just, it is blown up. So at that time, they were only in Houston. They were talking about plans to expand to Vegas and LA and all these other places. 
and and now we see that uh, it's one of people's favorite favorite pastimes now. I played in Vegas. I played in Oklahoma City. I played in Kansas City, and they built one two years ago right here where I live. And wow. so, yeah. So yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Hey, um, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say that was your opportunity to thank me, Dave B, for uh, bringing notoriety to Top Golf for my little old story that I did in Houston. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm joking. I had nothing to do with it. No, no. If I'm on the Top Golf payroll, I'd be giving you all the love. Those cats won't. Those cats won't even let me play for free one round. So no, no. You charge me for, for beer. You charge me for fried macaroni and cheese Every balls. Day. You char- no, Every yeah, day. no, 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 no love. No love until the coupons come. That's all right. I'll make a call for you. <laughs> hey, I, I do want to say this. We we were we were talking about the women's groups and, and kind of glanced over some things about the World Cup before we went to Ravi. Uh, that pool A we mentioned with Germany, Lithuania, Japan, China, Romania, yes. also a part of that and big news for them in uh, the last few days. Constanta going to be the host of a couple of big events, uh, women's series, all kinds of other things. So very cool to see uh, Romania getting some love and getting to uh, be able to host some things, which is very cool. I, I think very, very fitting. Yeah. Very fitting. Uh, Romania gets lost, I think, in the conversation when it comes to uh, some of the countries that have been uh, embedded with 3X3 from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Some people would even argue that 3X3 began in Romania. Uh, there are some. There are some people. Folks in, in Serbia might argue with that. Yes, that they would. <laughs> they would likely argue. But I know for a fact that that Romania has been there, and, and obviously they were representing the Olympics, which was huge. Uh, and, and for them to be hosting the Women's Series final in Constanta, I think is outstanding. Uh, I know that they're going to do a hell of a job in putting that event on. Um, I don't know if I'll be there or not, but I certainly hope that I'll get a chance to call to call that action um, because I, I love what the women's game is becoming. I'm excited for this year for them. I think it's going to be a huge year on the women's side. And let me tell you, this is the year of the women, of, of women 3X3. The, yes. year of, the year of the woman is every year, but this is the year for 3X3 women. I, the women's series, I you know, I... It was funny. They put this out and I was like, you know, the only thing that would have been bigger news than this is if the money on the women's tour was equivalent to the talent. Yes. Hopefully we get there. There are a lot of things happening that are going to be big news in the next couple of weeks that are going to change the face of women 3x3 basketball. And I am I am more excited for the women's series this year than I ever have been. Probably more excited for the women's series this year than I am the world tour and the guys because yeah. well, Germany, Spain. When we, when we talk about, I mean, I just want to. I would pay money every week to watch those two teams play each other. I'm telling you, Japan, yeah. the Wayne, France. They're all yeah, they're all there. So oh, and, and let's not forget the Force Ten, Three X Three ladies, and everyone else that it comprises Team USA at these events. Absolutely, absolutely. That we would be remiss not to mention uh, the Americans. I think that they can, you know, I guess I'm a little bit, I'm a homer. So I'm thinking that whatever teams that we feel for the United States this year, they're going to be killing. No disrespect to Spain, no disrespect to Germany who won it last year. <laughs> no disrespect to France who has been dominant for so long. But look out, look out. 
I'm just saying. The game is growing in the United States now like it is growing in other European countries, and that's from the youth levels on up, particularly on the women's side. Like Dave B said, keep y'all ears peeled. I think some big announcements. Yeah, we got we got you, and some big announcements uh, we're expecting to be uh, forthcoming in the, in the next month or so. So don't don't be shocked when we do an entire pod on uh, the women's series if things play out like we expect them. I'm just giving them a little, I'm just dropping little little hints, to, you know, just a little something for them no, to follow. No, I got you. And then the other place that you can follow those breakcrumbs are on social media too. So we can't forget yes. that because. We, uh, we throw some hints out. We throw some different things out of, of things that we're hearing as our ears are to the ground. 3x3 ground is it, it's rumbling as we yes. go into May and then into the summer. And you can find us on social media at... Yes, that was Dave's way of saying, follow us! Do it! <laughs> First and foremost, follow us at <laughs> The Voice on 3x3 Podcast. That's the official handle of this podcast that you listen to right now. You follow my personal podcast. I'll be promoting uh, this pod, obviously, on my personal account. That is at 3x3The Voice. You can find us on Facebook at Kyle Montgomery, the voice of 3x3. Also, you can find me on Twitter, the underscore real Kyle M. We'll have uh, updates, uh, of course, promoting and plugging the pod. Uh, just trying to get you guys to listen as much as you can. Tell your friends to tell a friend so we can keep you uh, a It's happening in 3X3. It's an exciting year. 2022 is going to be big, y'all. So, again, show us some love. Give us a follow. And uh, we'll be posting some stuff that uh, that will keep you guys uh, in tune with, that, with everything that's happening. You know what's cool is the amount of 3X3 podcasts that are popping up all over the world. That's from, a fact. From Spain to England to all over the place. I know you're with uh, Martin and those guys in England. I'm on Marti with those guys in Spain. And the yep. first, the thing they always tell us is that we were their inspiration. Really? Yeah. And I was like, you have low expectations. <laughs> Come on, Dave Beasy. Come on, man. We're trying to promote this pod. We, we, no, this pod. It's, it's, I'm not saying it like that because there's good stuff that comes out of here and, and the best guests in the, in the 3X3 world or on our podcast that you're listening to right now. But, you know, you know our, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We have fun. We just enjoy the game and enjoy talking about the game. And I think that's the best part about what we do. But it's good. We we want to we wanna be uh, at the forefront of, of uh, you know, stirring the conversation, keeping it active, keeping it alive. But, of course, we welcome all the other pods. They're doing a great job. Uh, I'll be a guest on many of these podcasts uh, upcoming. Um, so uh, it's all love, man. It, this is a 3x3 family, and, and that is without a doubt. So uh, we, we all want to see this thing take off, and, and that's exactly what uh, we'll be expected to do in 2022 and beyond. But uh, I was going to say special not, thanks to Q York, Q York of course, yeah, Noah sure. Lazarus, and yep. everybody that is com- comprising that. But they are putting some stuff out right now. Q-York is where you can find them on their, their on online and then of course all of their social media channels they are putting out song after song after song they're doing some big things and i know noah is so stoked about going back to manila this year on the world tour he was just in dubai so he yes and, let me show, let me just and last and those guys were over there let me show some of my guys some love before we get out of here yeah noah held it down he was in he was in dubai 
He was on the mic. Normally he's uh normally he's in arena and he's uh he's the announcer there. But he took over the broadcast. I gotta send my guy some love. I checked in a couple of those games and he was dropping some bars. So <laughs> shout out. He's good. My guy Noah Lazarus. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. All right. Davies, I think that's it, man. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. All you right, got well, things we- to do. You gotta get to bed. Yeah, I gotta get to sleep and and uh, you know get rested up for the, the next the Voice on Three X Three podcast coming y'all way in two weeks. We'll be uh we'll be dropping another one the Tuesday after next. So y'all stay tuned. Of course, follow our social media accounts. Nothing but love, no matter where you're listening from. Uh, let's get geared up for an exciting 2022. For Dave Beasy, I'm the voice of 3X3, Kyle Montgomery. We'll see y'all next time on The Voice on 3X3 Podcast. Peace out.